Gretchen, have you had experiences with unfriendly goats that we need to talk through? <laughs> the not unfriendly, but just indifferent goats, I guess. But these goats actually seem to care about us. <laughs> I'm, pic- I'm picturing sad Gretchen trying to strike up a relationship with an indifferent goat. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. Authors of Where Should We Camp Next, a 50-state guide to amazing campgrounds and other unique outdoor accommodations. Almost 12 years ago, we bought a pop-up camper that changed our lives and introduced us to the joys of RV travel. Join us now as we talk about where to camp, what gear to bring, and the best food to cook. We will also keep you dialed in to the latest RV innovations from people in the know. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. Today, I am so excited to have Gretchen Holcomb from Boxy Colonial on the Road back on the show. She's actually back on the show today, and she will be on the show again next week. And she's going to be giving us lots of great content about two of her stops on a 27-day RV trip that she just returned from recently with her family. They went to Cape Cod. They went to New Hampshire. They went to Vermont. They went to New York State, all the way to Niagara Falls. They ended up in Michigan before going back home to Georgia. So I'm going to have her on twice for two different campground reviews. And today's campground review is on North Beach Campground in Burlington, Vermont. It's a campground that I've looked at many times over the years and have wanted to visit. So I was very excited to see that Gretchen and her family went there. They had an amazing stay there. They liked the campground. She said it was rustic and simple, but an amazing base camp for Burlington, Vermont. And I'm just a huge fan of New England. As longtime listeners know, I'm a huge fan of both Vermont and New Hampshire. And I've always looked at them as sort of these twin sides of New England's soul. New Hampshire is live free or die. And Vermont is sort of like eat granola or die, right? I mean, Vermont is the hippie state and New Hampshire is more of that uh, libertarian streak to it. So it's going to be great talking to Gretchen about her time in Vermont getting this great review of North Beach Campground, and then having her back next week to talk about Niagara Falls and a great campground that she stayed at near Niagara that sounds like an undiscovered gem. But before we dive into today's review of North Beach Campground, we have sponsored messages from our friends at Blackstone and from our friends at Camp Spot. The sound of bacon or burgers and steak sizzling is the sound that you crave this summer. Blackstone is the original flat top griddle with more than five million griddles sold. Blackstone is the way that America cooks in the great outdoors. You can cook everything you can on a traditional grill and a thousand things you can't. Do you want an incredible breakfast? How about lunch or dinner? The solid steel flat top infuses the flavors. Pick the size and style that's right for your next camping trip. The 17-inch and 22-inch griddles are easy to store in your RV and still have the space to feed the hungriest army. There's even a portable Blackstone with an air fryer built in. Talk about variety. With Blackstone, you can cook anything, anytime, anywhere. Seriously, you really can. For outdoor cooking fun and flavor that you can't find anywhere else, go wherever griddles are sold or head on over to blackstoneproducts.com. And please remember, if it's not a Blackstone, it's not a griddle. 
The RV Atlas is also sponsored by CampSpot. CampSpot is an instant booking platform for camping across North America. Research and book the best campgrounds, RV parks, cabins, glamping destinations, and more, whether it's last minute or for your epic road trip months away. CampSpot lets you filter your search results by the type of getaway you want. Browse by location, price point, site type, amenities, and more. CampSpot also offers premium inventory, real-time availability, and a lowest price guarantee so that you can find the best sites at the best campgrounds for the best prices, and that is guaranteed. Plus, you can save your favorite campground finds for future trips and keep all of your reservations organized in one place. No more digging through old emails to access all of those reservations all over the place. With CampSpot, they are always right at your fingertips. Book those fall camping trips now. To find your CampSpot, visit CampSpot.com today. Hello, Gretchen Holcomb from Boxy Colonial on the Road, and welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Jeremy. It's good to be back. This was an epic, epic road trip that you went on this summer. I mean, I'm going to have you on for two episodes about two specific destinations, but you went on an amazing, amazing RV trip. Can you Can you just frame it a little bit for our audience? Like, how long, roughly, where did you go? Sure. We were um, we were gone about seven and a half weeks altogether. Uh, so it's good to be back out there. We hadn't been able to do a long trip last year. So we went um, up to New England. Uh, sort of, we framed the trip around my in-laws' 50th anniversary party on Cape Cod. So we went up, did a week in Boston, went over to Cape Cod, and then up through New Hampshire and Vermont. And then we ended up going over through upstate New York, and into Michigan before we headed home. So a 50th anniversary party sounds like a, a really good excuse to do a two-month RV trip to me. Yes, it definitely was. And we took advantage of it. Now, you you correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you're a big New England fan in terms of RV travel. Yeah, we've done a lot of travel in New England. We used to live in, my oldest was born in Boston, actually. So we've you know seen a lot of that part of the country. And you're a Cape Cod fan, obviously. Yes, my husband grew up going to Cape Cod. His family had a his grandparents had a house in Falmouth, so he went there pretty much every summer growing up. The boys are asking to go back because they're obsessed with baseball and they want to do the Cape Cod Baseball League again. Like they literally just they want to do a Cape Cod trip and go to baseball games, which maybe we can squeeze in next summer. Right. So for for those listening too, I just I just wanted to throw this in there. For those listening across the country to this podcast who maybe have not done an RV trip to New England, uh I just wanted to say, like, Vermont and New Hampshire are so fascinating to me as these two small states side by side in New England. And to me, they could not have more different personalities. Like, have you kind of picked up on that, too, in your travels over the years? Yeah, I think so. We've probably spent more time in New Hampshire than Vermont. But yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. I, I feel like, you know, New Hampshire is very live free or die, right? Uh, very independent, uh, very, you know, the stubborn, rugged individual. And Vermont is very communal and, and hippie and, and artsy. And uh, one of the defining moments for me on these trips is like, one of the first times we went to New Hampshire, I remembered hearing like a lot of like, 
guns going off in the woods <laughs> with hunting, right? Where like when you go to Vermont, like you're more likely to hear the Grateful Dead or fish playing than guns firing off in the woods. But uh, so you're going to take us to Vermont today, uh, which I'm so excited for because it's been a few years for the RV Atlas crew since we've been to Vermont. Why did you pick Burlington uh, as your Vermont stop or one of your Vermont stops anyway? And what, what was intriguing to you about Burlington? Well, we had um, spent some time on the other side of Vermont. My in-laws actually live most of the year in New Hampshire, but right by the Vermont border. So we'd spent some time over in that part of the state, but we'd never made it up to Burlington um, and to sort of that side of the state. So, you know, Burlington's the biggest city in Vermont. I'd heard, heard great things about it, and we decided we, it was time to check it out. I remember looking to go to Burlington, it's probably seven years ago, on an RV trip. And I remember kind of struggling to find a campground around Burlington. I mean, was it easy for you to find a place to stay? Or did you think that there was sort of a lack of campgrounds like I did seven years ago? No, that was, I mean, that was kind of one of the reasons that we decided on Burlington was because I had found out that there was, there is a campground actually right in the city and right on the bike path that goes past Burlington. And I kind of, I love anytime I get a chance uh, to be at a campground where we can walk to some things right from the campground and bike from the campground. I love that. So that kind of, that really appealed to me. So we stayed at North Beach Campground, which again is right in the city of Burlington. It's about a mile and a half from the downtown waterfront area, but it's right on the bike path, which is an old rail trail. Uh, So you can, if you have a bike with you, you can ride you know, in less than 10 minutes right into downtown Burlington. Now, did your whole crew bring all of your bikes again? We did not. And that was, we we used to have a toy hauler. We sold the toy hauler. So this was our first trip with our new trailer. And it was a tough decision, but we decided it was just going to be too much trouble with so many stops to load and unload the bikes everywhere. So we did not. And this was really the the main stop where I really wish that we had the bikes with us. And we did rent bikes one day, but it's, you know, it's not the same as being able to just go right from your campsite and go on the bike path. So that was, it was a little sad, but I, I hear but you on that. I, and I'm glad, I'm glad you rented bikes, but I, I mean, I get it though. Like for such a long trip to be loading and unloading bikes, bikes vex me completely as an RV owner because they're so fun to have on the trip and they are often such a pain in the neck to bring on the trip. And right, exactly. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's the thing I missed the most about the toy hauler. Right. Yeah, definitely. The the ease of bringing things like bikes. All right. So let's dive in a little bit more on this really cool campground option that's right downtown. So give us some of the details about North Beach Campground. Sure. So this is a um, city of Burlington run campground. And uh, as the name suggests, it's right on North Beach, which is a public beach on Lake Champlain with um, it's a lifeguard beach. It's got a playground. It has a lot of amenities. They actually have a restaurant there. So you're right there next to all of that kind of thing. Um, And then it has 137 sites, and it's kind of a mix of tent sites. I think more than half of them are just tent sites, but they also have um, about 40 water electric sites, and then they have 29 full hookup sites. So that's kind of a rare thing in a public campground, and that was really nice to find. Is it pretty? Is it loud there? I mean, what's the environment like there for camping? The campground itself is pretty much... um, 
a grassy field with some trees. It's, it's nice, but it's nothing special, but you are just right. If you go walk right down from the campground and across the bike path, then you're right at the beach. So you can't see it from the campsites, but you're right there less than a five minute walk away. I mean, there's no like roaring highways near there, right? I mean, like Burlington is a very small city, correct? Right. No, no roaring highways in Burlington. Um, no, there's no street noise there. There is a high school kind of right behind you. So sometimes we heard some noise from that if they had something going on. And there is particularly on the weekends, a lot of traffic to the beach. That's one thing to know is that the road through the campground is also the public road access to the beach. So um, on weekends, during the week, we didn't really notice it at all. But on the weekends, there's a lot of traffic going by you. And also when you go into the campground, you may wind up in a kind of a backup of people going to the beach. So that's something to be aware of. You are sharing that access space with the people using the public beach. Okay. Here on the RV Atlas, we've reviewed hundreds of campgrounds and you've reviewed many, many campgrounds with us. I've never heard of a campground right behind a high school. I can see as as someone who's worked in education, you know, I was a teacher for many, many years. I think that my mind immediately goes to like students causing trouble at the campground at night. Uh, There was none of that kind of thing happening. There was none of that. I did read a couple of reviews where people complained about that. I mean, we were there in summer, so there was school was not going on. We did there did seem to be some kind of party going on one night, but it wasn't that disruptive. You know, it was a little noisy, but nothing we couldn't handle, nothing that made us regret our choice of campground. So was this a lovable campground or was it very utilitarian for you guys because of its location? I mean, did you did you love it? If you lived anywhere near Burlington, would you just go camping here for a weekend or did this just serve your purposes as somebody wanting to see the city? No, we really liked it. Um, I mean, it's not like a state park with giant wooded sites or anything like that. But we thought found our site, you know, it's just a grassy site, but it was long, it was easy to get into. And um, it was pretty big. We had, there's not really privacy because you're, you know, you're just in grass with people on either side of you, but it was spacious. There was, you know, a picnic table and a fire ring and trees behind us. And um, right across from us, there was actually a big grassy field, which my eight-year-old loved because it was the perfect place to go play catch every night. And um, just that, but that proximity to the beach and to the town, those were definitely the selling points, but we thought the the campground was in a really pleasant setting too. We didn't have any problem with it or, or feel like we were really compromising that much to have the location. Gretchen, I'm a really twisted person. And when you say you have an eight-year-old playing catch on a grassy field, I'm picturing that eight-year-old at some point interrupting your summer RV trips with, uh, with baseball tournaments. I mean, do we, do we have a real baseball player here or what? <laughs> No, he's um, well, yes, he's a real baseball player. But um, no, we are not to that phase of things. I don't know if we'll get there in a couple of years. He's just starting um, kid pitch baseball this season. So things are maybe about to get more intense. But no, there was there was nothing organized over the summer that we had to worry about. All right. Be forewarned. Young baseball players can interrupt seven and a half week RV trips in the summer. I I have heard that. Yeah, (laughs) it is true. Okay, so I'm so excited to talk about Burlington. I have never been to Burlington. I mean, we've done RV trips to Vermont several times, um, but we went to Brattleboro. We went to Queechy, never to Burlington. So, I mean, I've just heard it's an amazing city. What what is there to do there? What did you love about Burlington, Vermont? Okay, so my my oldest is uh, pretty into geography, and he made sure to tell us before we got there that Burlington is the smallest, biggest city in America, which is to say that of the largest cities by population among all the states, Burlington 
is the largest city by population in Vermont, but it is the smallest of those. And it does kind of have that feel, like it feels like it's the main city in Vermont, and it has a lot of the the features that you get in a bigger city, but it definitely has a small town vibe too. So we found there was plenty to do there, but it didn't feel overwhelming. It didn't feel hectic. So we really liked that about it. Seems like an, a good culture, I mean, a good combination of culture and outdoor adventure, which is what I love about New England in a nutshell. I mean, there are places right. where you get lots of culture and there's not lots of outdoor adventure. And there's places where you get lots of outdoor adventure and there's not good food and good culture. It seems like you, you have both here. So so what are the, some of the things that you guys did? Okay. So we went um, right down in that downtown area. We went to the Echo Leahy Center, which is a science museum. Uh, we actually just took the eight-year-old because I have my older kids are all teenagers and my oldest is 20 now. So we let them stay home and have the trailer to themselves. And we went down there with him so that he could really enjoy it. And it was a really nice, it's a pretty small science center, but it was really nice. And it had a lot of your usual hands-on science stuff, but it also had a really nice area about Lake Champlain and about the science of the lake. So that's kind of something a little unique about it that you don't get at every science center. And he really enjoyed that. And that's right on that waterfront area. Um, Also downtown, you definitely would want to check out Church Street Marketplace. And so they have it closed off to cars. So it's a really pedestrian friendly area. And there's just tons of shopping and restaurants there. We went to a bookstore there. There's a um, chocolate store there uh, where we got uh, the chocolate was on sale. So we stocked up on that. And they also have ice cream there. So it's just a really nice area to kind of wander around. A lot of times I think they have live music and stuff. We did not catch anything like that. But that's particularly on the weekends. You'll find that kind of thing there, too. I'm so interested in family dynamics on a trip like this. So your youngest is eight and your oldest is 20. Is that correct? Right. Now, you said something super interesting to me that you know you went to this museum, but you didn't you didn't take everybody. I mean, is that common on your trips now because you have that wide range of ages that, you know, certain activities are for, you know, this child and, you know, the, the other one stays home or whatever it might be. Does that happen a lot? Do you do you do most things together as a family or do you split up? We do do most things together. Um, this is probably the first trip where we really experimented with that a little more. And it it was a good thing. We probably should do it more because, you know, the older kids kind of a lot of times they're they're um, they stay in good spirits when we drag them along on these things and they're good sports about it. But it's clearly not what they want to be doing. So that kind of in turn, the eight year old can kind of sense that and, you know, wants to be cool and like the big kids. So just separating him a little bit and letting him do his thing kind of gives him a chance to be a little kid and not be worrying about what his big brothers think. And it gives the big brothers kind of a break from him for a little while, which is also nice for them. So we might do that more going forward. I think that's so smart. And I I know as a fact, I know as a father that it's really important to do different things with different kids and not bring everyone to everything. I think the kids value that time a lot, getting some more individual attention. But I agree with you. It's so hard to carve out that space both at home and away to do something with just your youngest or to do something with just the middle child or whatever it might be. So I think it's it's pretty cool that you did that. Um, anything else culture wise or do we want to talk uh, outdoor adventure? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, in downtown Burlington, the other main thing that we did was our last night. This was a great way to wrap up the trip. We went to a Vermont Lake Monsters game. So the lake monsters used to be the lake monster that they talk about a lot in Burlington 
he's on everything. He's kind of the mascot of Burlington as well as of the lake monsters is named Champy. So there's a legend that there is a lake monster that lives in Lake Champlain and you can see fuzzy pictures of him assorted places like in the museum. So they named their baseball team after him. It used to be a minor league affiliate, but I guess when they downsized the minor leagues last year, they lost their affiliation. So now they are a collegiate summer league team. Um, So we went to a game there and it was just really fun. I think it's always fun to get out and see like the local baseball games, a minor league or whatever game, because you kind of really feel like you're part of the town instead of just a tourist. And my uh, eight-year-old got an autograph from Champy. They had the mascot running around, meeting the kids. So he loved that. He was kind of starstruck. And uh, it was a really fun experience. So I definitely recommend if you're there in summer and you can catch a Lake Monsters game, do that. I couldn't agree more. Like, even if you don't like baseball, I think you should go to minor league games when you travel because it's a it's like a slice of the community and it doesn't cost that much. Right. Like, right. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't tell somebody, oh, you're on an RV trip, you know, go to a Minnesota Twins game if you're going through that area. But I mean, if you're going through Burlington, you've got to go see uh, the Lake Champlain team play for sure. Um, is it a heavy bike culture? Like, that seems like such a thing in some of these Vermont cities. I mean, did you really get the sense that this was like a mountain biking town or a biking town? Uh, I don't know if it's a mountain biking town because we mostly stayed near the the non-mountain biking bike path part of town. Uh, but they're definitely, I mean, yes, people on bikes everywhere. And they do have, again, right by the campground, that that rail trail that goes to downtown. And then if you go out the other way, it actually goes out onto Lake Champlain. That's in Colchester. You can ride to Colchester, which is kind of the next town over. And there's a causeway out into Lake Champlain that goes to Grand Isle. And then there's um, a part of it that's interrupted by, I guess, a passage they left open for boats. And there's actually a bike ferry that will take you and your bike across that little section. So you can bike all the way out to Grand Isle. We um, rented the bikes. And so we started downtown. And because we were kind of starting that far away from the bike ferry, we did not make it all the way to the bike ferry, but we did get out onto Lake Champlain a little bit and see that causeway, which was really cool. And we did, a, I think, about a 10 mile round trip bike ride and it's all very flat and family friendly. And that was that was a really fun day. Oh, one of my favorite things to do is go for a nice bike ride with the family and find that type of bike ride that works for everybody, which is kind of hard to do sometimes. But I, we're going to come back in a second. And Gretchen has some more recommendations for us from Burlington. Um, but before we do that, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Yogi Bears Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. Now is the time to book an exciting Halloween-themed weekend at your favorite Jellystone Park because sites are going fast. Many Jellystone Park locations celebrate Halloween-themed weekends beginning in September, and they go right through Halloween. Camping at Jellystone Park this September and October is the perfect opportunity to combine fall weather with fun Halloween activities. Do your kids love costume contests, pumpkin decorating, haunted trails, and trick-or-treating right at the campground? Our kids do, and so do we. Trick-or-treating at the campground is convenient and fun, and we love how so many campers always decorate their RVs at Jellystone Parks. So book your Halloween weekends with Yogi Bear and Friends now so you don't miss out on all of the spooky fun. To find out more and book your family's fall Halloween adventure, head on over to JellystonePark.com. And please remember, it's not just a campground, it's Jellystone Park. The RV Atlas is also sponsored by Thetford. Thetford makes going places easy 
easy by manufacturing top RV maintenance and sanitation products, and they've been doing it since 1963. Thetford's Aquamax holding treatments neutralize odors and accelerate waste digestion to prevent clumping, clogging, and tank residue all at the same time. The Aquamax family is Bronopol and formaldehyde-free, so it is campground-friendly and California-compliant. Proudly made in the USA, Thetford's new family of Aquamax holding tank treatments have been extensively researched and tested safe for all RV and marine toilets, holding tanks, and septic systems. Aquamax is available in liquid toss-in and dry packets in seven different sizes and in spring shower scent and summer cypress scent. To find out more, head on over to thetford.com. Welcome back to the show, Gretchen. I'm really enjoying this little trip to Burlington, Vermont that you're taking us on. So uh, you guys did some cool stuff with farms, museums. Tell us what you did. Yeah, we spent a lot of time in a, there's a little town about 20 minutes outside of Burlington called Shelburne. And we went there, we had heard about the Shelburne Museum. And I spent a lot of time looking at their website, and I wasn't really sure what it was. So I thought, well, we're going to we're going to give it a try because everybody seems to love it. So we went out there and it turns out I had a hard time figuring out what it was because it's sort of a little bit of everything. So it's this big museum complex. It's huge. It has dozens of buildings, like historic buildings, a lot of them that they've moved here from somewhere else. But then they have it's not like a living history place because each of those buildings has different collections. They call it a collection of collections. So one building is the circus building and it had these really cool models of um, circus of a circus that some guy had built for his kids, like, you know, a hundred years ago or whatever. And then carousel horses. There's another building that was, it was almost ridiculous. It was this huge collection of duck decoys, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. And then they have a really, the woman who founded the museum, uh, was friends with a lot of famous artists like Mary Cassatt. So they have one building that has really impressive impressionist artwork from Mary Cassatt and I think Manet. Anyway, some some big names, like surprising in this little museum in Vermont. Uh, there's also a carousel for kids to ride. They have a steamship, the Ticonderoga, that they moved there from Lake Champlain when it retired from its career on the lake and they have a cool video you can watch where you see how they moved it across highways and over the hills to get to this place and you can tour that so there's just all kinds of great stuff we actually ended up going there two days because your admission includes a second day and we had just there was no way we could have seen it all in one day so we went back two days in a row i was going to ask you if the kids liked it but i think you just answered the question because i know you i don't think you would have dragged them back a second day it sounds so quirky and eccentric like like vermont in a nutshell almost to me like it sounds almost like it's a bit of a metaphor for the whole state i think (laughs) yeah that's that's a good way to put it yeah we were surprised and impressed with with how much we enjoyed it. All right. What else? Uh, Anything else with um, Shelburne Farms? Yes, we went to Shelburne Farms another day. This is um, a working farm. And I guess most years they have a lot of programming, um, particularly for kids, uh, sort of demonstrations and crafts and that kind of thing. This year there was no official programming because of COVID, but they did have the grounds open and they were free. And you could go, they have a farmyard area. They had the friendliest goats that I have ever met. Usually goats are only interested in you in these settings if you're feeding them. But here they just like came up and wanted attention. So very friendly goats and also some hiking trails with some nice overlooks of of Lake Champlain. Lake Champlain is everywhere here. Uh, And also the farm itself is just really pretty. 
and they have a market there where they sell the cheese that they make and a lot of other local foods and um, farm stuff. And so we stocked up on some local cheese and all of that kind of thing. And it was it was a pretty low key, but a really nice little outing. Gretchen, have you had experiences with unfriendly goats that we need to talk through? <laughs> the not unfriendly, but just indifferent goats, I guess. But these goats actually seem to care about us. <laughs> I'm, pic- I'm picturing sad Gretchen trying to strike up a relationship with an indifferent goat. Yes. <laughs> all right. Now, all of our RV Atlas correspondents um, are required to give us food recommendations, and you always come through. So where are some cool places to eat and drink? Okay. Uh, one thing that I already mentioned briefly is on North Beach. So if you're staying at the campground, you're probably going to want to go down. They have a little outdoor restaurant where you can get it's a pretty limited menu, but you can get a full dinner there. They call it a tiki bar. So you also might want to just go down for drinks. And of course, they have ice cream. So that wasn't the best food we've ever eaten, but it was right on the beach and right by the campground. So at least go there for ice cream or for a drink or whatever. Um, but probably our favorite place that we ate here was Splash at the Boathouse, which if you go again, right down that bike path, It's the boathouse, the public boathouse that people use when they're going out on the lake in their boats. But inside the boathouse, they have a restaurant, tons and tons of outdoor seating uh, right on the water. And you can see people come in and out with their boats and uh, lots of seafood, but other stuff, you know, they had burgers and stuff, too. So it was good food and just a really nice setting. So we really enjoyed that. Now, if you Uh, if you had your bikes, you could ride from the campground to to have dinner. Is it close enough? Oh, yeah, it's very close. Um, that would probably be, I mean, it's a, a mile, less than a mile and a half. So that would be a really quick bike ride. If you walk it, it's a little longer, but you could still walk it in about 20, 30 minutes. Well, you know, and if you wanted to have a drink or two, you could walk, right? And then walk home. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, you know, exactly. I mean, that's not that far away. Don't have too many drinks and then walk home. Uh, okay, anything else for food and drink? Uh, we went into downtown. If you if you do one of those bike, if you do rent bikes downtown, and then you need to return them, you're probably going to want to go reward yourself for your bike ride with a with a beer and a burger. So we went to Vermont Pub and Brewery, which is up in that. I don't think it's actually on Church Street, but it's in that Church Street Marketplace area, and uh, it's it was sort of there. I think before craft breweries were cool. It's I'm not sure how long it's been there, but they call themselves Vermont's original craft brew pub, and they have. They make the beer there and they also have, you know, a nice menu with burgers and wings and all of that kind of thing. So we enjoyed that, too. And then also right on that bike path um, is Creamies, which is just a little ice cream stand right across from the boathouse and the waterfront. And it's just kind of one of those iconic American ice cream stands where you've gone on your bike ride and you want to give the kids something to reward them for a job well done. So you can get your soft serve ice cream there. Long lines in the summer? There, it seemed to to vary a lot. Um, when we were there, it was a moderate line. We didn't wait that long, though, not more than about 10 or 15 minutes. But I think on weekends, probably the lines can get pretty long. I also should probably mention, we didn't go here, but the Beansies bus, we drove by it constantly. And it's a food truck, kind of, it's a school bus that's converted and they sell Michigan dogs, which apparently is some kind of hot dog. I don't know exactly what it is. And um, it's been there for 75 years and it's parked right on the corner of this park so that you can 
you know, grab your stuff and then go to the park. So it looked great. We just didn't make it there, but it does definitely seem to be like a Burlington institution. So you might want to check that out. Wonderful. We've talked about them on the podcast before because they're, they're a thing in upstate New York. So when we, yeah, when we visited the Lake Placid KOA, the managers there always give us, either make us Michigans or give us the Michigan sauce. It's, it's, it's looks a little bit like a chili sauce, but it's really, really, really delicious. And I, I think, I mean, it makes sense that you could get it in Burlington because it's an upstate New York thing and you're not so far right. away from upstate New you York. You can see upstate New York from Burlington. So, yeah, no. So if you have a chance to have a Michigan, they are. It's like a delicious chili like sauce that goes on the top of the hot dogs. So forgive me for, for not remembering. Was this your only Vermont stop or was this one of several? Verm- no, you, you had other stops in Vermont, too. Not on this trip. This was okay. the only place in Vermont on this trip. Okay. So let me end, let's end this episode by asking you this. I mean, you've done a lot of New England at this point. And I think that for people all over the country, New England is is a bucket list kind of RV trip. But it's, you know, it's a lot to cover. I mean, where where would you tell people to go first if they were planning a fall foliage trip to New England? I mean, based on um, your experience as an RV traveler. Right. And I've never actually been there for fall foliage other than when we lived there. So um, I wouldn't be the best one to ask for tips about that. But um, I mean, I'm always going to say Cape Cod first because I just love Cape Cod. But once you've seen Cape Cod, I think Burlington kind of on this kind of shot to the top of our list of must-sees in New England on this trip. We really loved it there. All right. Great. So can we get you back on the show next week to talk about Niagara Falls? Absolutely. I'm so curious to talk to you about Niagara because it sounds like you had a wonderful time there, despite maybe some other issues. And I also I had low expectations and had a really wonderful time uh, there as well and actually want to take the boys back. So we'll get you back on the show next week. Talk some Niagara Falls. All right. Sounds good. Sounds great. All right. Tell everybody listening where they can you know, find your blog, where they can follow you on social media, where they can look at all of your great pictures, all of that stuff. So I blog at boxycolonialontheroad.com um, and I'm Boxy Colonial on the Road pretty much everywhere on Facebook, uh, Pinterest, Pinterest even still a thing. And um, yeah, and Instagram. That's the other one. Instagram, that little social media platform. All right. Thank you so much, Gretchen. It's always a pleasure to get you on the show. Um, and actually, we saw you on this trip. We forgot yes, to forgot right. to we mention. Finally, yeah. That, that was the very beginning? or It was. We were on our, I think, the third day of the trip. And we had just been driving, driving, driving. And yeah. Yeah, well, I'm so glad we actually got to see you in person. You know, these, yeah. these relationships that develop digitally are not as fulfilling unless you actually get to, you know, meet and see people. So it was, it was great to see your whole awesome crew again. So we'll talk to you next week. All right. A big thank you for listening to this episode of the RV Atlas and a big thanks to our sponsors. To Jayco, the Thetford Corporation, Camp Spot, Yogi Bears, Jellystone Park Camp Resorts, and our friends at Ocala Marion County in Florida. To find out more about the topics discussed in this show, visit thervatlas.com. And join the friendliest group of RVers over at the RV Atlas Group on Facebook. And if you enjoyed this show, please consider leaving us a review over at iTunes. And we'll see you at the campground. See you at the campground. <laughs>